Hi, I'm Chip Sutterth, and you're listening to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast, concentrated commentary on the worlds of Doctor Who, which has finally returned to television. This is episode 442, three questions about Spyfall. Doctor Who, two-parters, and Jodie Whittaker are back. And with one out of the season's 10 episodes out of the way, I can say with enthusiasm that Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, is back as well. Series 11 was absolutely to my taste, but there are always improvements that can be made. As I watched Spyfall Part 1, everything felt comfortable, engaging, familiar, and maybe more confident. And then, in the last five minutes, it went breathtaking, as if the episode had ascended to a higher plane. Whether Part 2 holds up, or indeed the rest of the season, depends on each story's execution, of course. So, as I plan to do in between each two-parter, here are three questions about Spyfall Part 1, for which I'll look for answers on January 5th. Number 1. Who is the Master? So, confession time. Rumors that circulated online a couple of months ago got to me that Sasha Dawan had been cast as the Master. I noted them, and promptly forgot the rumors. And boy, I'm glad I did. I didn't even figure it out when his hut was flying alongside Daniel Barton's plane. Darwin's performance is perfectly pitched, especially on second viewing, once you know who he's really playing. It's as though it took everything he had to contain his mania. So, in part two, I'll be curious to see more of the specific kind of evil portrayed in this master. He's clearly got some of John Sim's chaos in him. What about Michelle Gomez's near repentance? Sasha Dawan clearly has the chops to pull off this role, but it's up to the showrunner to determine whether he'll rise to the level of Roger Delgado or be more of an Anthony Ainley cartoon villain. Number two, how's the technology angle going to work out? It may be a feature or a bug, but the master reveal upends the entire episode when a lot of groundwork was laid early on about the ubiquity of technology and its impact. In the real world, we're having a lot of political arguments right now about the role of the tech industry, with the left and the right wings both distrustful and the general public increasingly concerned about privacy and jobs. From Yaz's dad wrestling with an Amazon Echo, to Graham signing for his health data, to expository dialogue later on in Victoria, it seemed a lot of thought went into grounding the story in today's concerns. Part 2 could fall into a couple of traps, though. It could drop the threads in favor of a run-amuck master. Or it could fail the argument entirely, as in last season's non-critique of Amazon. Kerblam. We'll see. And number three. What's up with the DNA-rewritten spies? And, for that matter, has anything been done to Yaz and the Doctor? And does that relate to Daniel Barton's 7% non-human DNA? Whatever's going on with these transparent or glowy aliens... One would assume that there's an endgame. Whether it intersects with the technology angle or how it intersects with the master scheme remains to be seen. And as we saw with both of Chibnall's predecessors, the logic of part two is where the stories rise or fall. I liked so much about Spyfall Part 1, from the balance among the companions, to the performances of Lenny Henry and Stephen Fry, to the pivot from spy pastiche to an apparent master plot spanning a multiverse. After an establishing season in Series 11, we've had two bold episodes in two New Year's Days in a row. Let's talk again on Sunday and see how Doctor Who's return wraps up. 
Thanks for listening to the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. You'll find more episodes at TWOMinuteTimeLord.com, and I'm on Twitter at numeral Two Minute Time Lord and Facebook as well. Catch you in just about four days. Mm-hmm.